What's up, everyone, and welcome to the annual Halloween special of the Terror Table. My name the is annual Mitch, get of, together. Yeah, my name is Mitch. I'm one of your co-hosts that you've listened to for the last seven years. If you've been a listener of the show for that long, and who do I have with me? Uh, I am Boozy, who also has been around for seven years, like a curse. Yeah. How many years thinking, is it if you uh, break a mirror or a bad luck? I think it's seven years. Yeah, we're a mirror. We're a broken yeah. mirror. <laughs> we also have reached the ring territory where it's like you watch Dang. the VHS and you have seven days. Right. I was thinking we, about that today, oh. though, man. I think this is the we're coming up on. This is the longest relationship I've ever been in. Hey, high five. Me too. Might yeah. uh, by like a, a fucking mile if we're thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, like. No, we we got uh we have yeah we have more stuff to do in the new year, but I think I'm just gonna start off right away and get that out of the way because uh, if you follow our Instagram or any of our socials, I know Boozy had posted recently that uh, I'm going to be stepping away for a little bit. Um, so I'm very excited that you are going to carry the torch and you got a bunch of cool guests lined up and uh, you're going to keep the podcast going because there's nothing I want more than that. Uh, but I you know found some time. To be able to do this Halloween episode, and I just thought it would be a blast for us to celebrate Halloween for the seventh time on the show. Hell yeah! I, you know what? That's that is that's per. And what day did we even? What day did we record our? Was it? Yeah, we. I remember. Yeah, we I get the Facebook the memories of us like when we were like something's happening. Yeah, <laughs> what no, different was... people we we were. Yeah, so much has changed, man. It's been seven years. Like we're we are different people. I mean, we're still idiots. But yeah, oh, like, honor, yeah, we're we're idiots that have just had more time to not learn anything. <laughs> yeah, but humble humble pat ourselves on the back and uh like I want to just kind of touch on this for a second but Boozy, you just made your first short film. Yes, I'm I did. So incredibly fucking proud of you. And I've seen clips of it and it's awesome. So I can't wait oh, for people you. to be able to see it. Uh but no, we're we're not going to talk about this forever like cuz I know even I was all nervous about like just because I made mine, I didn't want to turn into that show where I just only talk about my shit. But like mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you did something and you did something great. And Thank I you. can't wait for people to see. I, I'm so excited for people to see. That's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, just beyond my own my own ego of being able to to have people watch something um, that I had a, a hand in is just like it. I just want everyone that was involved with it to see it because it it, yeah. it takes a yeah I mean, you know this is we're all preaching to the choir here um it's you know, it takes a village so it, yeah. it, you know it's just it's cool to see the fruits of your labor come together and it's the exact same way with Druid's hand when the yeah. you know I remember uh, when we got to actually watch the the first cut of it when we were all like I went and sat in my car just to have like so that there wasn't a bunch going on because all my roommates were home but I just remember like the first time seeing that and it's just like it is the the feeling you get and it's just like seeing like oh this is what it all was yeah like the the vision of it so yeah yeah it's it's an impossible feeling to you know properly express but i just wanted to you know share how proud of you i am and how thank you how much i can't wait to see the adventure that's ahead of you because you're you're gonna have a very successful festival run i already know that um but it's just really cool yeah i I want it is uh Sorry, go on, go on. I was gonna say yeah. it is it is a very interesting uh 
dynamic now especially is like oh we we spent long enough talking about this we're, where we're just like now. yeah where we should probably just try and do that i don't know how many other not to not to pat ourselves on the back again but how many fucking podcasts do that where it's not just like we had any sort of background in it and came into it we literally did the whole fucking thing yeah <laughs> no for sure and like that's kind of what i was getting at is like you know I uh, we started this show when I was at the like, one of the lowest points of my life, and I don't think I'd be where I am right now. And I I can't speak for you, but I don't think you'd have would have made the movie that you made if it wasn't for the community that we built with the Terror Table and the commitment that we shared with this show. And you know, really dive me into our love of horror films. Yes. And uh, so I really I thought it was important. I had originally told you that like I'm not going to be able to record until the new year. Mm -hmm. um because i've just become very 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 busy in my professional life and uh yeah and you you have huge stuff going on that you entirely can't talk about but you know what like people people need to know there is mitch isn't isn't not doing the podcast because he's just busy working a regular old job no 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 you know that's and that's just kind of how the podcast is gonna sorry just to sidetrack that's kind of just how the podcast is now because uh going on with what you're saying is like we work wild ass schedules now and, and yeah. being in the the film or, or entertainment business is just you you don't live a normal life anymore no it is it's a different lifestyle when you work in this industry but it, it like, determines uh, our death style it really it does. does it does but also like you know um it's we're we're in two different time zones we've been pretty fucking i'm gonna pat myself on the back again for this and you is like we've been pretty good about keeping up with the show yeah, uh, since I've relocated and everything, but it has gone to the point now where the next couple months are just going to be, I got to really focus on my career and what I have going mm-hmm. on right now creatively. And uh, if people want to keep up with that, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, that's the best place to keep up with all that. But uh, I'm going to just have to step away until the new year and then mm-hmm. I'll be back recharged, ready to go. And you know what? I think the the best case scenario is that like, if you do find some time, we can just have these like surprise you know, if if yeah. it does come together to have like a, a surprise, uh, Mitch is in here for this. But yeah, I've I've uh, I, I extended the invite on our Instagram and I've had uh, some good reaction to that and going through the guests and kind of seeing what people are interested in doing. So I, I'll have a an interesting group of of uh, people and and films to talk about coming up. I'm really excited for that. But uh, continue, Mitch. It's exciting that I'm able to. Uh, I just messaged you yesterday. I was like, "Hey, it looks like I might have a couple free hours tomorrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to just get together and record an episode about, you know, let's just review all of the movies we've seen since, dude? It, I think this is the longest we've gone without posting an episode, aside from your recent Saskatoon Fantastic one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Absentia was our last episode, and that feels like that was like two or three months ago. That was a different lifetime ago. Yeah, it really, yeah. it really was. Uh, I don't. I know that you probably felt the same way, but like post filming and pre filming me or different people 100 just going through that shit it kind of just like it's gonna uh, take it, a bit yeah, yeah it, it changes you a little bit uh yeah. like ptsd you'll, <laughs> you'll come back it's it's overwhelmingly exhausting um but it's one of those things that if you love doing it it th- that's all that matters yeah and I, I know that you do and i know you created something awesome with your team and i just can't wait for people to see that um but for today, we're just going to do like a, a Halloween treat bag, a trick or treat a, episode, a trick if you or will. Treat. And to celebrate our seven years. And and also, <laughs> like like we said before, um, and, and numerous people have mentioned to us before, we love doing the whole show and all the, the different 
bits and stuff we've done over the years and our features or whatever but i feel like and for us is like bullshitting our way through the stuff at the start of what we've been seeing is like sometimes the most fun we have because we don't have to like just focus on one thing i don't know yeah. we've, we've had some of the strangest conversations just off of there which i think people really enjoy so i think this will be a lot of fun yeah like i'm i'm gonna be honest the all the film podcasts that i listen to barring like you know shows like cobwebs or something where they really dive into one film and do such a good job at mm-hmm. you know really digging into that film um i always love people just reviewing recent things that they've seen that's like mm-hmm. my favorite part of the show so I don't know. Hopefully people like this, but at the same time, selfishly, I just want to talk about horror movies. Yeah, with my homie. yeah. yeah, of um, course. Uh, and that, that, that battery is low. Let us recharge it. Yeah, we've seen <laughs> a lot lately. So um, I think, do you mind if I kick us off? Yes, I, please. Uh, they've heard my voice more recently than yours. So please fill fill their ears. Well, no, I just want to uh, shout out a recent episode that you were guesting on was Inside the Sequel with our friend Chris. Oh, thank you. Inside the Squeakwell. The Squeakwell. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about the that. chipmunk themed podcast. Has he podcast. done an episode on Chipwrecked yet? Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked? I hope he has, but I mean, you know, he's only done 69 episodes. That was so, was that planned that you were? No, I, I, I gave him a big, like hang loose after that. I was like, what an honor. That was perfect. Yeah. Love <laughs> that. I remember, I think that was like, I think we made a milestone out of our 50th episode, but we made a bigger deal about our 69th. <laughs> so we are In so true weird. us fashion. You were on a recent episode of Inside the Sequel talking about mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 20, 2003. Yeah, the the remake. Uh, yeah, I, I think that just uh, with how long that title is, people got get the impression that it's the original. But no surprise, motherfuckers. Yeah, Two thousand and three. If they're listening to Inside the Sequel, they know that they are going into unhinged territory <laughs> where Chris her like love the guy to death, but man, does that boy die on some hills that I think he is literally just doing to sell the bit because it's like there is no way. That someone oh, can think you that know, the Lost World is better than Jurassic Park. I like the Lost World, but come on, let's let's chill here. You know what? I just I love his energy because yeah, there's a I small part of me that's like some of the most fun is in the Lost World. But but you know what? It's it's fun also when we were talking about like watching people grow up, watching watching Chris grow up and being on the show multiple times. So you through Skype you get to see his bedroom where okay. now he's in this like he went from being in like this like trap house fucking university room to now he's in like the ultimate like podcast yeah Yeah. podcast youtuber glow light fucking you yeah it it looks like he's growing weed in there but i know but he's growing neca figures (laughs) but it's just neca yeah it's glass cases and neca figures yeah and i love that but that's you know you know what you're right it's it's just he it looks like a hemp shop but with neca figures figures, yeah and fuck like i really liked chris from the moment i first met him but yeah. I fell in love with him because he reminded me so much of you. And it's like, there's a reason why you he's and so I are sweet. so close. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's unhinged. He's funny. He's like, and I, you know, I also do value his opinion. So like when mm-hmm. I'm like downplaying where I'm like, come on, man. I truly do think that he's got some great taste in movies though. And he's a very, you know, intelligent dude. But anyways, we've talked many times on the show about, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 is one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies of all time uh that one has just grown in my esteem over the years it was the biggest influence on the druid's hand and it continues to be like it's that's a movie that's like proven to be like one of my biggest influences ever and mm-hmm. it's one. It's that a core I, piece for you yeah well when i first saw it as a child i didn't get it mm-hmm. so like 
the 20, 2003 one, I fucking loved from the moment I saw it. But I actually came around on the 1974 original. And now, like, I'm just going to say, I love both of them. But 1974 is, like, one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but oddly enough, even before you guys released this episode, I rewatched both of those films, as I do at least once a year. Uh, on TV? No, it was on my Blu-rays. <laughs> but shout out Tubi. That's that's um, where I watched it because they had uh, continue. Yeah, no, I was just I was excited to see that you were on an episode of that because I was like, man, I just rewatched both of those movies again, and I still love both of them so much. Um, and I I I've heard so many people talk about the original. Uh, I haven't heard enough discourse about the remake, where you know that was one of those movies that's kind of like an unsung hero in the remakes world like it's one of the best horror remakes it has it has to be like top three just unreal yeah it's up there with like the hills have eyes remake which i also love but um, the reason i want to mention this is if you listen to that episode i'm not going to spoil the conversation because you got to go in there and you got to learn all about texas chainsaw 2003 lisa ann adam 22 there's all the all the talk that you want, all the, the, the things you need to hear about all the conversations that you go when you click on an episode titled Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. Yeah, you you got to expect to hear discourse about Adam 22 and Lisa Ann. And um, and also to go with Lisa Ann, Michael Delzato, former NHL player. Yeah, I was laughing. I was listening in the shower <laughs> and I burst out laughing. So I'm like, that's my dog. That's you know funny. what i i that's a that's another thing what do you listen to things like can you go with a shower without listening to stuff i'm at a point where i can't i have to now because i have a roommate um, oh. so like, yeah and it's one of those things that you know i haven't had a roommate since i was 18 yeah uh, but when you live in the most expensive province in the country you, yeah it's and, that and or love my roommate but it's that or your roommates are like rats and bugs and, st- and homeless yeah, people exactly. um but yeah no i i love that like yeah big time like it's it's like having a fan in my room like to sleep now at this point you gotta have uh, the podcast or some music going Dude, in the shower speaking of which this is so off topic but i recently started raw dogging sleep Ugh. yeah it's not working like I have always fallen asleep to stuff. Even my roommate makes fun of me all the time because he's like, he'll wake up for work in the morning or he'll get home from work or wherever he was. And he just hears like guttural screaming. Cause like, I will fall asleep to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And he's like, he doesn't really love horror movies. Right. So he's like, how can <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't get it. Yeah. No, I'm like, yeah, that's like white noise for me. Like listening to a chainsaw and someone getting their head cut off. It just lulls me to sleep. Do you do you go through like phases? Because I remember it used to be the office. You used yeah. to do that too all the time. I just started the office again recently, and it's not working anymore. Oh no, the no. the charm is worn out. Yeah, like I'll go through. So it's been a bunch of different things, but lately, and this has been this whole year, because I I've all of a sudden hit being like a a man real hard. Where like it's Uh-oh. Seinfeld all the time. Oh it's yeah, it's nonstop Seinfeld. I've always had trouble with uh with laugh tracks though with falling asleep like one of my exes she would fall asleep to friends every night and like right right you know um the highs and the lows of it oh it like that i have like ptsd when i hear the sound of the friends theme now and like there was a time in my life when i was 10 where i loved friends and now i'm right. unfortunately one of those toxic dudes who just does not find friends funny and right. i think it's because i've been like traumatized 
I and you know what? I'm going to say that I was straight up right from the start. Never liked friends. Yeah, but I can understand OG. the I can understand the the half falling asleep and you're dan, 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 oh, dan, dan, yeah. That, and it, yeah, it's become a thing now, too, though, where like, you know, it's the the office theme is like mm-hmm. the most abrasive, like the drumming in it is so fucking loud. I'm like, God damn it. I was almost asleep. And then this kicked in. Um <laughs> See, yeah, you've done it too much where you start picking apart things that you've heard too many times where it's yeah. no longer like fun and exciting. You're just like, I yeah. hate this theme. <laughs> well, that's the thing is when you have like extreme anxiety and depression, you watch things to get your mind off of it. But and also things that are comforting. Yeah, which is why it's funny as fuck that we're diving into this. But like recently, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but I think there's a movie I have seen so many times now that it might be the most I've ever seen a movie in my life is Spotlight. <laughs> Do you know what that is? It's never like, seen that. Okay, it's like it's a masterpiece movie, but it's all about like the Catholic Church raping children. <laughs> and it's like that would be yeah, no, that is there is very on brand for you. Where it'd be like, yeah, a, <laughs> a document. No, 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 no. Where I don't mean specifically that. Yeah. It would just be like the, the most like fucked up documentary. And it's just like, I don't know, I keep falling asleep to it. <laughs> for me, it's the conversations. And like right. the level of voices, like people aren't screaming or yelling, like it just does kind of lull me to sleep and the score is beautiful. Right. And I also like it's that and all the president's men, there's like it's one of the best screenplays ever written is Spotlight and all the president's men. Yeah. And I'm secretly like telling myself if I fall asleep to this, I'm going to wake up and be the best writer in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, tons of people do that. That's like a like, you're you're gaining like knowledge by osmosis by yeah. like just having it around. No, but like I I tried doing what I was getting at before. Not that you like are really into like Catholic Church bad stuff, but more just like I tried for a while falling asleep to like unsolved mysteries. But that yep. theme just scares the fuck. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, instead of waking, yeah, like you know, right now where I wake up and I hear the but bam 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 like the yeah. the Seinfeld uh, bass line. I'm just like, okay, that's fine, but. Yeah, when you wake up and it's talking about finding like a skull in the woods and it's two in the a.m. It's like I'm usually yeah. all for the unsolved mystery stuff, but it's it's just it, it gets you in the wrong mood. One hundred percent. Yeah, but that's like and you know, another one of like what. So I've realized that Spotlight is one of my favorite movies ever made because it's like it's just a fantastic movie. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but it is weird that it's like that kind of comforts me. But even weirder than that is a movie I like even more which has become like an ongoing joke at my work is everyone's like, you know, I'm the guy who keeps up with everything. I haven't been doing that lately because I've been too busy. And then Mm -hmm. so people are like, hey, what did you watch last night? And it's I have seen Manchester by the Sea like 40 fucking times. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I love that all the things you've seen the most are things that are just like nowhere on my radar. It's one of the most depressing movies of all time. So also on par for you. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So like it's become like people have made memes at work about me rewatching Manchester by the Sea. They're like, it's one of those movies like Requiem for a Dream where people are like, yeah, I love it, but I will never watch it again. I'm like, right. That's (laughs) child's play for me. Like I've I fall asleep to Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, that's a, this is like the, this feels like Eternal Sunshine. Like I'll only watch Eternal yeah. Sunshine two more times in my lifetime. That's all I have in my emotional bank for that movie. Yep. No, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good comparison. But uh, OK, I think where I was originally going with is I rewatched Texas Chainsaw in 1974 that's and right, 2003. Right, that's <laughs> But I wanted to mention it on the show because I know Chris was mentioning that he really wanted to see like, you know, 
he expressed that he was into making of featurettes and like that's that's what i'm into too that's my film school that's my background is i grew up just like obsessively buying dvds and then blu-rays because not only do they look the best and i'm mentally ill and i need to hold it in my hand tangibility my guy it's the the additional content that you get with these with these purchases but oddly enough like the two 2003 texas chainsaw the even the standard blu-ray has one of the best making up featurettes out there so i want to mention on here for like chris or anyone who's interested in seeing that stuff there's like an hour and 15 minute documentary about mm-hmm. the making of texas chainsaw massacre from 2003 so it's like definitely worth a watch also I, the movie I, still rules Oh my God, it, it still holds up um, that you can definitely tell that I, I know I covered all this in the thing, but like that that color palette of like the early 2000s, That's it. It, let's fucking bring that shit back. The, I don't know, I'd call it like the Matrix wash or something. Yeah, it's like everyone wanted to be seven, but didn't really know how to be seven yet. Yeah, everybody was just like, let's just turn the green up a lot. Yeah, no, and like that's, you know, once again, I will state, 1974 the original is miles ahead for me mm-hmm. but i fucking do love that 2003 like that movie is so vicious oh um, dude it, it's streamlined texas chainsaw for the younger generation it's it's great man like it you know i notoriously like some of even like the really bad texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> movies and so it made me think that I'm like maybe this is one of my favorite franchises i mm-hmm. know that like i was thinking about recently and this is sounds narcissistic but like as a dreamer and someone who wants to be a filmmaker it's like what what would you kill to to be a yeah, part of yeah of course you always got to think those think the the pipe dream jobs texas chainsaw and evil dead are my like yeah. big top two i would like theoretically like nightmare on elm street would be the best but i don't have enough confidence in myself to think that i could pull off a nightmare on elm street and not to say that i could do that with texas chainsaw but it's like i just feel like i'm so at home with like rednecks and like gritty that, uh, that's what i was gonna yeah, yeah we we grew up around not directly like texas yeah. chainsaw people but we've we've encountered enough of these kind of, of people where i i totally agree with you we're like yeah uh, just the setting. I, yeah and, and maybe it's also just because of like the economic background i come from like it's it's harder for me to to like understand not understand but relate to like friday the 13th because like i never went to camp or like did any of the lake stuff so like but yeah like texas chainsaw it's like we've all been to like somebody's weird uncle's house that's really dilapidated and shit yeah there's like dead shit hanging around like yeah and people just like yeah not taking care of themselves or their property but Mm -hmm. even you guys mentioned this in the show which i loved is like one of the things that's most appealing to me about texas chainsaw massacre is that Leatherface is kind of a victim as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the Sawyers or the Hewitts that are the real fucking monsters. And uh, I don't know, I just, I've always found it very interesting. I love those movies. There's a wild amount of psychology on Leatherface. And and I, I think that, that people kind of just go like, oh, he's doing the Ed Gein thing, that's it. He's just like, like yeah. wearing people's faces. It's like, no, this, his character is so deep yeah like i I think leatherface is at his best when you are feeling bad for him like Mm -hmm. even like the classic shot at the end of 1974 where he's just like doing his little jiggle out in the out in the the rurals the grid road and he's fucking dancing i'm like he's just a big dumb doofus he doesn't even know he doesn't even know that he's a monster he doesn't know that what he's doing is wrong 
just like a yeah. rabid dog. He's yeah, that's like I I kept compa- comparing him. He's, he's he is just like he's either a rabid dog or a beat dog. And I just imagine yeah. that like as soon as he was done doing his little jig out there, he went and he was licking his wounds. He went and sat 100. in his bed and was like, "Owie, yeah." <laughs> yeah. No, he, yeah, he feels bad. He's like, uh, what's his name? John Malkovich in Of Mice and Men. Did you ever watch that one? <laughs> I, I pet the bunnies too hard, George. I loved them too hard, George. That That's fucking... Leatherface. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking... I didn't know that the chainsaw was going to kill them. I, yeah, like it, it's like when you're watching Clown, you're just like, the, I, the blood was blood? I thought that was candy and, yeah. and, and fun stuff. Yeah, so, so that's that's my uh little tangent on texas chainsaw massacre and i just also wanted to plug uh because i haven't finished the episode yet but it's always a great time listening to you two together oh thank you so I it, was, it was a great time people definitely yeah. go check out his and, and check out by extension uh chris and, and fucking daniel linking up with all their youtube shenanigans Holy i fuck. watched that yeah that was one night where um i hit the vape pen pretty hard and i was just <laughs> sitting there being like like because i you know, I don't want to play favorites here, but I do think that Daniel Appler is the best podcaster that I like. He's mm-hmm. like that dude is on a whole other level and, and he's blowing uh, up right now. And he, it's so well deserved. Like he's just he's entertaining to listen to. He's likable. Mm-hmm. And I also have the benefit of knowing that he's a good human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he genuinely has interesting things to say about everything that he talks about. So I, I do like avidly watch everything he puts on YouTube. So it's fun watching him and Chris link up again. Oh, it's it's like um, I, I it must be what what people feel when they're watching like one of the Spider-Man movies and another Spider-Man shows yeah, up. Yeah, when you're just like, oh, my favorite thing's happening. Chris walks in, it's like, oh, it's it's fucking Andrew Garfield. <laughs> What's he doing here? Ah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Boozy, you want to hit me with something you've seen recently? Yeah, this is so recent that it came out this year, and I didn't even know about it. Uh, where is this from? Oh my God. You know, I have this all, oh, it's Spanish. That's why. So I checked out this first one. This is going to be very much akin to films that we love, like Fall. Uh, this is oh, 2023's boy. Nowhere. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, yeah. It's on Netflix, the, isn't it? Yes. This is another uh, Netflix acquisition uh, of their European division. <laughs> um but this is this is a very interesting film and i will say that uh to take such a small concept they did an amazing amazing job i I would definitely recommend this this is just kind of like a one-off like how fall was where it's just you can watch this once and be really entertained and um but but anyway uh it's the story of uh mia who is is pregnant she is trying to get away from her current country um and with her her fiance um and they're hiding out on sea cans um and yeah to to get across the ocean yeah Yeah, and and a bunch of stuff happens and her sea can ends up in the ocean um and she is so pregnant that she has the birth out there and it is everybody getting pregnant every getting pregnant it is um it is so graphic. I was not expecting how graphic it was. And for such a, like a, I don't know, not a small, it's, it's very ambitious, but they do some really cool stuff. And we, and um, I, I, yeah, I, I can't recommend this enough. Honestly, this was a, awesome. this was a very exciting watch. I needed um, that. I, I saw it pop up. Um, and you know, you even mentioned that we both just kind of love that stuff. I'm even trying mm-hmm. to work on one right now where it's like, 
you know, we love movies like Buried, like Ryan yep. Reynolds, where he's just stuck in a coffin. And yep. I can totally understand why, like, a lot of people, that wouldn't be their jam. But there is so many creative, like, that's how you can really see creativity on display when someone can take one location and a really small location and yep. make it entertaining for an hour and a half. And that's why I really commend even, like, I liked Fall because it was just so ridiculous. And, like, mm-hmm. so I do. But, like we, but we also love those those what if scenarios. Like, yeah. neither of us are ever going to be on a fucking radio tower. So it's cool to see what would happen in an exaggerated way if other people did. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's stuff like even the original The Reef, where mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you're just stuck on something or open water. Like, I, I do tend to really enjoy those types of movies. So, uh, no, I had another friend actually tell me that this one was pretty solid as well. So that's that's a good recommend, Boozy. I, I think it's um, what makes this really good is all the stuff that happens between like the big moments. You know, you always have your your big cruxes and changes. Um, it's all the little intricate stuff that happens here. That is that is so cool. They they do a great job of breadcrumbing you. There's so many callbacks to things that happened earlier. It's just it feels like overall as thing as the movie continues, it feels like good payoffs as it continues. And that's the kind of stuff you like to see. And is it even if. Yeah. Is it an English movie? No, it's from oh, it's it's Spanish. From Spanish, yeah. But it, uh, yeah, the unfortunate part is I, I don't know. If I didn't really bother to fuck with the settings. I just started watching it. So I watched the dub version. Okay. Uh, it would be much better subtitled. And I'm sure there is an option for that. But Shame I watched it. Do yeah. you even care about cinema? <laughs> I'm the reason the, the strike happened. Of course, says he would People like me. on you right now. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that is 2023's nowhere, you know, definite. Uh, check it out, yeah. Sweet, yeah. No, I'm definitely gonna watch that one because I love that shit. Uh, speaking of, I'll just quickly say because this isn't horror, but it actually, you know, it's one of the most horrifying things I've seen recently. One of the biggest movies out right now, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, I had the week off work, which was nice. It was good to like, you know, decompress. I went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon by myself, and I spent three and a half hours in a movie theater and. Uh, that is it's, such a metalcore title for a it, movie. It is. It is so fucking good. Like I, I loved it so much. It's it's a masterpiece. How uh, many times have you seen it? Uh, only it's in the theater right now. <laughs> I didn't go back. The only movie I've seen twice this year in a theater was uh, Evil Dead Rise. That's what I mean. Like, don't don't act like you're incapable of going to see a movie no, multiple but, times. The, you no, love that. I will say that, like, you know, as much as I did love it, I absolutely loved it. And I don't think that there are any moments that could have been cut, but you do feel the three and a half hour runtime. And I think it's just because, like, you know, I've gotten so you used to watching movies in the comfort of my couch or my bed uh-huh. and, um, you know, sitting in a theater. I, it was nice. Like, I was able to go in, like, an early afternoon screening and I just crushed a big bag of popcorn <laughs> And did you oh get man. the popcorn poops after? Only if I mix it with Skittles, which you better fucking believe the boy did for kill. <laughs> I went all out for killers. Of the so yes but... and yes. No, it's like I was even talking about this with one of my friends, like especially when you really want to do this for a living and you you gotta remind yourself why you love movies so much. Mm-hmm. And Killers of the Flower Moon couldn't have come at a more perfect time. It's like Goodfellas was one of the first movies that like changed my life right and uh i i personally put killers of the flower moon in at least his top 10 and the guy's never made a bad movie wow. it's it's fantastic i fucking loved it uh but yeah not 
not horror, but like I said, actually, that movie disturbed me more than any movie I'm going to talk about today. Uh, but I just wanted to throw my two cents out there. So that's a good recommendation on your part, then. Yeah. And then I'll talk about another theatrical experience I had recently on Monday. Myself and former guest, close friend of the show, Nicholas Humphreys, went out to the Rio Theater in Vancouver here to see Demons, the the film from 1985, which was the last time. You know, he was on for that episode, but I think last time he was on was Christmas Evil, whatever. We went and saw Demons with a live score by the composer, Claudio Simonetti, and Goblin. So, like, the people who scored... so cool. Dawn of the Dead and Suspiria and Tanabre and, uh, like, so many iconic horror movies. And holy shit, dude, like, you know, I've been so busy this past month. This is, like, I'm at an all-time low for Halloween Spirit. And holy shit, was this exactly what I needed. Not your Halloween Spirit. This came at the perfect time to save the day. Yes. it, Dude, this was so fucking awesome. First of all, I often forget about how good demons is that movie is so fucking fun and wild but the score is amazing and they definitely updated it because like now he has like a metal guitar player and like an awesome bass player and double kicks there's two two floor toms or uh kick drums and holy shit man it was so fucking dope and like the environment in that theater was just magical it felt like I was like my cheeks me and nick talked about when we left we're like our cheeks hurt because we were smiling so much throughout that movie and that experience and after demons wrapped up they did like a goblin set so they covered they played oh, songs really? from, yeah they played songs from dawn of the dead and suspiria tenebrae um and it was just so fun watching that happen but one of the highlights was they did a medley of john carpenter's halloween theme and uh tubular bells from the exorcist and holy shit dude it was so fucking cool like it was like a new take on john carpenter's original Mm -hmm. um but you could just like feel it's like oh they genuinely just love this movie and the score and the song and it was so dope like i cannot recommend enough going out to one of these uh repertory screenings with the live band if you can Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I haven't done the live band thing myself, but I can really appreciate that. And just that's something that I found more and more is that like before I wasn't as interested in in going to movies where it was kind of not just a movie, movie but like an event, like things happening around yeah. it. Whereas like now I've embraced that so much more, but it, it just you can get so much more out of it. And something like that, you can get like a lot more appreciation. And this, yeah. I, I guess the other way I was going to go with this because it's something I'm going to talk about after, but like like doing drunken cinema and stuff like that. Yes. Like there's just so much more fun. You can not more fun, but it's just a different kind of fun you can have when you can interact with the movie a little bit more. Totally. And like, I know there are a lot of horror stories where I think I've only seen one other. I saw shooting guns uh, perform. They like added a score for Nosferatu like a, a while right. ago with the Roxy, yes. which was cool. But like, that was really cool. But this is on a whole other level. Like, it's fucking Goblin. Like, it's the real composer of this movie. It's a and, literal Goblin. Yeah. And <laughs> on top of that, like, uh, I know not to, you know, make it very geographical here. But, like, if you're in Vancouver, you know that the Rio Theater is, like, one of the most legendary theaters in North America. Mm-hmm. And the sound in there was just so good. I saw Protest the Hero the night before. And it was, like, in uh, a venue where I could 
couldn't even hear i've been listening to that band for 20 years mm-hmm. and i know the songs and it was all just mud like it just sounded like absolute shit like the worst venue ever mm-hmm. and then going to the rio the next night where i'm like oh my god like i could i could hear the bass players like fingers on the fretboard <laughs> like it mm-hmm. was just so clear and beautiful I, it was an amazing experience well, it's a shame that you got to experience protest in less protest than... Protest still killed. High, but they, oh, they always kill. Yeah, no, I, I think actually, I've seen them more than any other band by now. Yeah, I think they actually just surpassed with that last... Uh, with Sunday in consideration, they surpassed Every Time I Die for the most I've ever seen a band. Yeah. And now, like, my friend Ben is playing guitar for them, so it was cool seeing him and, like, you know, seeing this guy who we met, like, when his band was touring... And we bonded over Protest the Hero. Now I'm watching him play on stage yeah, with them. Which it was, was so well. It's got to be very surreal. Yeah. And just, he's one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. But then I don't know if you know, not to go on a tangent here, but a uh, big fan of Callous Dowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they opened. And how I talked to Diego about it after, I was like, I don't feel like I have seen Callous Dowboys yet because like the sound was so bad. That was like, it was just fucking it was, brutal. It was a waste of a, of a yeah. Oh, a performance. <laughs> That's I'm going unfortunate. There again next Saturday, but hopefully it'll be better because I'm going to see Scott's band, Ken Mode. He's going to be playing there. Oh, that you're talking about like Creed, Scott. Oh, I wish. Band. Man, <laughs> it would be dope. so cool to be on a first name basis. Like, yo, Scott's coming through. We're going to, with arms wide open. My Did guy. I tell you that me and Jason legitimately priced out tickets for the Creed cruise? Yes, you did tell me that, yeah, which that. is the most on brand for both of you. And it's overpriced. It's that would be the most expensive troll we've ever done. And yeah. we also would die. Like we would be murdered by Republicans <laughs> who are there to see Creed and Trap. You know, it's so it's so unfortunate that, you know, uh, the, the generation of divorced parents and the Republicans, you know, uh, share the same musical interest. I know. And sometimes it what hurts more is sometimes they're right because Creed fucking rules. Creed does fucking rule, and I don't care what anybody says. There's a stained has a couple banging songs, but that band sucks. Yeah, no, I, I, dude, we're gonna go off on a tangent here. I fell down another limp biscuit rabbit hole recently. Have you heard the story about Fred Durst like discovering stained? No, okay, you just look that up afterwards. If anyone's interested, first of all, listen to the new nudist colony podcast, that's where you want that content. Um, I love those boys, yeah, they're the best, but we have. We have horror to talk about. Let's let's right. get it back yeah. on track. Demons with Claudio Simonetti's Goblin live score was transcendent. It was awesome. Wow. This, you ever have the chance to do that? Word. Do it. Yeah, it was great. Hit yeah, me with noted. another one. Uh, I checked out. I believe this is also no. This sorry, not this is not Netflix. This is Prime. I checked out 2023's black comedy slasher film, Totally Killer. Oh, nice. That's on my list as well. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, let's. Uh, do, do you want to do a, a summary of it or do you want me yeah, to do? Yeah, I'll just say like it was directed by Nanachka Khan and it was starring Kiernan Shipka from uh, Sabrina, Olivia Holtz, Lachlan Monroe, who I fucking love. That's the dude from a uh, scary movie. The small dick's a disability, man. <laughs> the Vancouver legend. I fucking love Lachlan Monroe. Uh, and Julie Bowen, who is, I think most people know her as the mother in Modern Family, but everyone with taste knows mm-hmm. her as the love interest in Happy Gilmore. Uh, right but, right right the the upper class have you yeah it's a slasher movie about the the sweet 16 killer who returns after 35 years after his first murder spree to claim another victim uh but the victim kieran and shipka accidentally travels back in time to stop the killer before they can begin 
So this is very much on brand with movies like Happy Death Day and Freaky. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you like those movies, you're going to have a blast with this one. I want to pass it off to you. Like, first of all, this is Back to the Future, but a slasher movie. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, no idea how you felt about it, but I want to pass it off to you. Yeah, no, um, I, I'm just gonna say I wasn't as as excited after I, I did, didn't I had no, no, I didn't love it. I had an okay time watching it. I, I think that it had such a cool idea, and I, I loved all the lore and everything about it. I think it was just a lot of the presentation. Like I, I really was not down with the mask. I think it's really. Uh, yeah, like, and see, you're one of those yeah. guys that were, I respect that, but uh, that stuff doesn't bother but, me as But much. you're wrong. <laughs> no, no, not not. but you're wrong. It's just, it's one of those things where I can yeah. get past something like that. Like, I didn't well, even really it, think it, of that. It feels like it, it kind of wanted to feel, like, it, it, for me, it felt like an urban legend or like, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. And then combine that with the, uh, like happy some of the newer films, like Happy Death. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the one thing that I felt weird about it, that pretty much every other uh time travel movie does with this is like it it just felt like the like the rules were pretty loose yeah they were so loose that that because that's something you should really lean into on these kind of films and it it just felt that that yeah it's like anything that she did there wasn't really consequential and then like the referential stuff it's like nobody really cared either way when there was any sort of rub um it's, it's sorry I, I hate to be a bummer but no it, be. but it's like it's it's a a big budget film it's it's really well done it has a yeah. really good cast it's just yeah it's some of the the minor st- the minor execution stuff that just it, it wasn't for me yeah the only thing like i'm gonna be completely honest i didn't know that this movie even existed until the day that it came out and then how i found out exactly. about it was Same. that like it's a vancouver production and so i was like oh well like I want to check it out just because like it's not every day we make a lot of stuff out in bank over here but like mm. um i saw some pretty positive hype about this one and obviously you know i love slasher movies i really like kieran and shipka uh it just looked like it would be some it would be fun and i was pleasantly surprised by how genuinely funny it was like i thought it was i was laughing at in this movie where i i wasn't expecting that and i think a little bit of bias for me was um this was i hadn't watched a movie in like three weeks and then I put mm-hmm. this on and I was laying in my bed and I had my window cracked open and had the cold autumn breeze coming in, felt the Halloween spirit. And while that was happening, I could hear people screaming on the roller coaster that's featured in this movie. So I think yeah. there is like a bit of a bias there for me where I was just like, because I, I live five minutes away, like walking distance, five minutes away from the theme park that's featured in that movie, the Playland. <laughs> So I think that maybe tricked me a little bit, but also, no, I should credit the movie. I just enjoyed it. Like I had fun. I thought uh, the kills were really good. The too. kills were great. And like, that's my biggest issue with slasher movies these days. And now that I'm, you know, kind of working in this industry, I'm like biting my tongue now. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's actually really fucking hard to pull off on screen kills. Cause you have mm-hmm. no idea what these people are up against. You have no idea how little their budget is and how, you know um extravagant the script is and how these people need to make miracles happen so it's understandable where it's like oh we didn't have the money to actually show the kills but at that point i'm like then don't make the movie but people also need to make a living and yeah idiot to walk away from that 
it's such a, a fine line yeah because it's it's like before we always did that thing where we could just freely speak because it's like oh we don't truly know the no of, fucking yeah, idea like, yeah yeah and it's like the whole like even when people and i know we've done that where we're like oh this was just like a paid for hire thing it's like yeah motherfucker some people pay their bills <laughs> that's called this. work <laughs> yeah like it seems ridiculous to you because when you're watching in you know rural saskatchewan or somewhere where stuff like that doesn't happen or you're not connected with the industry you think that it's like all about artistic integrity and it's like no man like there are so many times where people they have artistic integrity and that's what makes it soul crushing when they're not able to do what they really want to do with a film mm -hmm. but totally killer surpassed that expectation for me because they had some amazing slasher kills so I, I i dug it like i'm not going to say that like i'm rushing out to see it again but uh it, oh, yeah, it was I, it was fun enough for me i wouldn't say no to anybody watching this they're like they're, I'll, I'll always be honest with people if there's certain things where it's like yeah probably stay away from this this yeah this is great this is fine all right so that's totally killer boozy do you want to hit us with another one since i yeah. uh, double team that one with you um this one's i don't know if it's straight up horror it's kind of more of a suspense but yeah you know whatever uh i, I watched 2022's the menu i oh yeah yeah, I'd never these. I don't know. These are the kind of films I don't have as much interest in. Um, I felt just, that way before I watched it. Yeah, no, I know. I just have to say, like, uh, this is another one of those, like, I'll never watch this again. But it was so well done and very interesting. And it kept kept me engaged the whole time. Uh, there are a lot of points where I had no idea what to expect next. And I loved the overall idea of what it came down to be. It. it came down to be so much more than than just a, a movie about a, a you know a, a fancy dining experience it turned into like seven like it it went all over the place so i really yeah. I, I i think this is a super super great uh film i people definitely check it out i, I people will like this a lot more than i do i'm just a fickle bitch head. oh so you you didn't end up loving it no i i still i think this is fantastic i just said that's like it's one of these where like i won't watch it again yeah, I was super entertained the whole way through. It's just not my kind of film, but it was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. That um, one surprised me because I was like, I'm not a big fan of eat the rich movies because I just feel like exactly. That's what I meant. Yeah. There's there's so many of them. And it's like, I get it. I love the energy of it, but I don't need to see it. Yeah. And it's the same with honestly going back to totally killer. Like I always say, like, I don't really like time travel movies. Mm -hmm. But I say that and I'm like, Mitch, one of your favorite movies of all time is Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. And like Terminator 2 and then also Back to the Future. And, you know, I love a lot of those movies. Even some of the X-Men movies deal with that. Uh, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed the menu. I have no desire to throw it on again right away. Yeah. But to me, that that doesn't diminish if it's a good movie or not. I just I, I like the menu. But it sounds I, like you had a good time with it. Yeah, no, I did. And I uh, I honestly, another part of that is that I find uh, I really am endeared to Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, she she's has done awesome. So, she is awesome. She's amazing at everything she's in. And the other thing is she, not that she's like a, a, a purist to it, but she's done such a great service for the horror industry overall coming in and out of being in all these titles and then going and doing more mainstream stuff like she's right now in her you know she she's right now at her at her hottest i assume for the next couple of years but like it's, it's so cool watching her have this era right now where where she is not just in a ton of movies but she's driving them like this is really like 
a vehicle for her in this film as much as it is Ray, uh, Ralph Fiennes finds. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, no, she's, I fucking love her. And I know, I think you still haven't seen it, but uh, she seems to be someone who's like really picking her roles. Mm-hmm. And she's clearly got a good agent because she's awesome. And of course, The Witch and then Queen's Gambit. I really liked Last Night in Soho, um, which is a movie that not a lot of people did, but like I thought it was great. And yeah, it was like she was kind of one of the selling points for me to watch the menu. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, no, and that, and that's kind of what it, the other part I'd wanted to mention is even if she's not directly in like horror films, she's been in so many like horror adjacent things. I, I, I do think that she's done a great she, service for it. She's like, iconic. Yeah. She's like a, already a, iconic. Aside from like the witch, even like uh like she was really good in Split too, which is oh, like it's yeah, not but... straight up horror, but it's like adjacent thing with like she was in the North yeah, same with like the Northman. Oh, and that's so good too. I love that movie. I've only seen it the one time, but like I really like that movie. So uh, you know, a, a big hats or Canadian toques off to her. <laughs> um, what do you got next? I think it's it's you up. Okay, I think we should tackle one. We were originally planning on making this one our next episode after Absentia before we both got super fucking busy, but I think it's time for us to talk about maybe my favorite horror movie of the year, Cobweb. I was trying to remember. I was like, "What have we not talked about yeah. that we should talk about?" I I was I had this on my list, and I was like, "I think we've talked about." That. I'm glad that we haven't, though. I have watched this movie four times, and yeah, partially yeah. like. To like one of them was just like kind of research and admiration because if you know, like if especially I think you could attest to this because you know me so well, but like this is so much my shit. Like this mm-hmm. is this is the kind of shit that I want to make. Um, this is a gothic fairy tale. Yes, it's dude, I I fucking love this movie so much. And the other two times that I watched it was to show other friends that I thought would love it. Right, and I had such a good time watching did, their reaction. And did they all enjoy it they as did, well? But everyone has the same opinion, which uh, I'm still not fully sold on because I think I just like the movie so much that I give it a pass for this. But everyone that I've showed it to was a little underwhelmed by something that's a reveal in the end, mm-hmm. which I understand, uh, like the creature reveal of the face. Right, right. For me, it was like the rest of the movie just like was aces that I give it a pass, and I also kind of thought that the design was kind of style stylistic like i kind of didn't hate yeah, it, the design it's it's totally unique to what it is yeah but this is a movie that kind of like came out and just died right away i think it was released on the same week this was released on the barbenheimer weekend i'm pretty sure oh it was like the movie didn't a tough... stand a chance yeah between like the actual like movies themselves and the memes you're, yeah. there's no way you're gonna no, cut you don't stand a chance but yeah it you was don't. directed by samuel bowden who uh also directed with marianne on netflix which i still haven't seen but i, I really want to see what this guy's done uh it was written by chris thomas devlin who also did the screenplay for the recent texas chainsaw massacre remake and cobweb and th- this was a, a script that was on the blacklist for a couple of years like it was like one of the hot scripts in Hollywood. And there were so many directors who were attached. I actually know a couple of them who were attached and then they lost it. And then it ended up going to Samuel Bowden. And I think the guy fucking knocked out of the park clearly. Like this is just holy sh- this is beyond ambitious. I yeah. Oh, it it starts off with such a hmm. I don't know how to explain it because at the start of this film, I really didn't like it. It took me a while to warm yeah, up to it. I because figured. 
it is such a fairy tale movie in in how it it sets everything up and how like time passes but once it once it gets going it really does switch to being a very straightforward like like reverse home invasion in a weird way yes well and and kind of a home invasion it's just like it's a very much a movie Mm -hmm, this is like mm -hmm. a movie that isn't taking place in reality and i think some people have troubles with that sometimes no Um, that was that was like a rub for me at the start but then it was like okay i get it and once once you're into it yeah i totally agree this is phenomenal it blew me away like it was so much more than i expected oh it is so much fun dude and it's like uh just yeah it's really ambitious it's really clever Mm -hmm. but it is one of those ones where i know like you know a lot of my friends who had seen it i think that's also why i watched it a couple times Mm-hmm. I was on board the first time I watched it. I just was into it, but I can understand how people are like, like one of my friends that I talk to almost every day, he was like, the family was just so weird in the first half an hour that it was like taking him out of it. Yeah. I'm like, I felt the, the exact same way. Yeah. But then, you know, after you finish it, you're like, that's part of the point. Like it's, yeah. they are a strange family and it's like hearkening back to countless fairy tales. Like you got Rapunzel in there, the telltale heart. Um, There are so many different fairy yeah. tales that they're, weaving into the I story. think it's not even just the family dynamic I think it's just the presentation of you as a viewer trying to figure out like a character to latch on to and there's like all of them are just so strange in their own ways that it's hard yeah. to truly you know and it, it is like I I'm gonna use it again and I know that it's probably not a great descriptive but just with how it is like a fairy tale it's like you didn't know that much about Snow White. You just knew that she fucking was hungry and sleepy and shit. You know, like it's like that's that's how this is. It's just like this yeah. kid who's dealing with some shit. You don't get a ton of it. And then it just it it yeah. unravels this lore of of everything else and becomes uh, by the end like or sorry, oh. one, one, once like once dinner starts happening and shit goes sideways, it was like oh I did God. not expect any of this there's and, no and way you could no and it's like a combination of all these things that i'm guessing what could probably be happening and just so violent too yeah. like it when it when it really gets to it very violent no it's it's so much fun and like you know it's one of those ones it also kind of reeked a little bit of covid to me because it's like mm-hmm. it feels very isolated but i feel like that also kind of works in the movie's favor uh, one of the funniest things that happened while while you were watching it the first time, you're like, this bully kid looks like fucking Gary Busey. And I was like, that is legit. No cap. As the kids say, Gary Busey's child. The, that- those are some of my favorite moments when I can make a random like off comment and, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, there is a little bit of merit to that. Yeah, but like- it. it, it so and he's so young that's gross whoever oh oh yeah it's it, fucked it up. opens it's... more questions than answers really oh yeah he was Especially. fantastic though yeah he's so good Every, everyone is really great and it's like anthony Starr, who's like homelander from the boys like the one thing about him is that guy could never play a protagonist like i could never see him <laughs> as someone likable like he's so good at being an evil prick he really is. He's also got a little bit of like diet Scott Speedman going on. 100% because you told me you're like, I, I love Scott Speedman. Oh, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. You, <laughs> I can see why you think that that's him, but that's not him. It uh, looks they, so much like him. Yeah. And oh, I really like Lizzie Kaplan too. Oh, man. 
this is and yeah there there aren't that many people like overall this is a small uh is it cleopatra Col- yeah she was so good She's cleopatra good, yeah. coleman was so good in this that was kind of what became the character for me where like i latched on to her more than i did mm-hmm. like anyone else in it yeah no i agree and but at the same time like one of my friends i showed it to he's just like this teacher is going above and beyond for this kid and i'm like yeah but it's a fucking movie like we got to get characters in here somehow yeah no she just yeah she goes above and beyond to be there for this kid not one like one of my buddies was just like yeah this teacher is the teacher of the year i'm like it's a movie did did anyone ever get that? T- yeah, like my teachers just give me attention for talking too much. Oh, uh, but yeah, this movie, it's like Hansel and Gretel, Rapunzel, the big bad mm-hmm. wolf blowing the whole house down. And I love how this kid is Peter Peter Pumpkin Yeeter, which is what we called him during the movie, because that kid gets yeeted hard and he, he does. eats kids hard. Also, I, I do have to say there's a lot, a lot of exorcist vibes in this, too. I was just about to say that the homages are through the fucking roof. Like I'm mm-hmm. one of those guys who even, you know, if you've seen the Druid's hand, I threw in some like pretty blatant homages to movies. I love like the thing and evil dead and uh, Friday the 13th. Um, but in this one, it's like, dude, he does like the shining shot where yeah. she's like swinging the ax through the door. There's so much evil dead in this thing. So yes, much a shining. lot of, a lot of yeah. evil dead. And it it's very, and, and not in a ripoff way. Like, this is genuinely like very cool shit. You can, this yeah, is, he's not hiding. You can feel the not, love. Yeah, you can feel that this this director truly loves these movies and is paying respect to them and isn't biting them. Like, that's there's a huge difference. Um, but no, man, I, I just think the movie is a, it's a bag of Halloween tricks. Mm-hmm. There is like one of my favorite moments is when you see the backyard of the house and it's just like pumpkins fucking everywhere. And I love pumpkins, of course. I'm a goth Halloween boy. Uh, but it's like that is a comical amount of pumpkins in a backyard. The, it's a full-on Charlie Brown pumpkin patch. Yeah, no, I um, just I it totally it. is. This, yeah, it could be a, a yearly Halloween class. It's set right around Halloween. Like this yeah. is a great. You it's know, a Halloween can, staple for me now. Yeah, like, yeah. Add it to the list. There have been some fucking great horror movies this year, but I think if I'm being honest with myself, like even like you know how much I love Talk to Me. I feel like Cop yeah. like Talk to Me was so good that like it managed to fuck me up where I'm like mm-hmm. so desensitized that I'm like not rushing to watch it again. Cobweb is like going to be a comfort horror movie for me. I, I like, yeah. And I totally see that even watching it is like, it's a Gothic fairy tale. I'm just going to eat this shit up. Yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> it so was... like, it was one of those movies where I was like, clearly, obviously this isn't the case, but I was like, yeah, did you make this for me? Just for what? <laughs> for what? For me? <laughs> I, yeah, I loved it uh so yeah that's cobweb boozy hit us with something else you've seen all right so i checked this out this is another release from this year i i've tried to get around to watching as much as i can from this year because there's a lot of good stuff that's this i checked out this is the anthology series vhs 1985 um these i love that this has become a yearly tradition of mm-hmm. of throwing these things out there um and and there's just I love that they're they're going through all the different years like before it was just kind of amalgamations and then they had themes and then the themes have switched to just like decade or yearly themes and I really like that that's also kind of my issue with these series too is that they have these which should be kind of more of a rule for it but then they stray so far away from it. it's like well 
85 just makes it a collaboration thingy like try and stay more on i and and once again i i think that like it's it's fairly solid i'm still waiting for one to hit the way like 93 did like uh you know the uh, ratmo one yeah well just overall that one i think had a lot of solid segments whereas like the last two have been very spotty for me i did think that there's some really cool stuff in this i'm gonna mention that the the very last one it's called total copy was my my absolute favorite i think you're gonna love it mitch it's kind of it's a little bit like the thing it's also a little bit like independence day actually it kind of is like referential to a scene in in independence day so uh overall though i i love these franchises i want to keep seeing them i love seeing you know who's coming up and and new ideas that are going on um yeah i think that just overall maybe my issue is that the the franchise like it i feel like it needs to be more on brand if it's going for these sort of things you know like they they chose I guess that's the thing where it's like you can do like one where it's like the millennium where it's like oh you could do a couple years around there but it's like you pick 1985 yeah it's, it's pretty bad exactly it's you didn't pick like VHS 80s so no. that that's the only thing where it's like I, I don't know like let's let's make the next VHS where like what year did the OJ Simpson shit happen oh let's dude do- I just rewatched the people versus weirdly enough like the OJ vhs trial, oj <laughs> the oj trial is like one of my weird things as well like spotlight and manchester by the sea like i don't know what it is like i've watched that american crime story series yeah like a couple times and i'm always texting my buddy while i'm watching i'm like do you think he did it oh of course <laughs> do you he think did he's it. do you think he's gonna be guilty it's like yeah we <laughs> we know the outcome well, that's like, I think the only reason I have OJ at the top of my head is because uh, Katie was telling me that like one of the Kardashians is actually like of OJ. Uh, no way. Bunk. I didn't know. <laughs> the worst that. way to explain. Yeah, apparently that's like actually her dad. And it's just like, man, no, this makes which all one? this. I don't know. I hate that we're all, spending but... time on these fucking idiots. I know. Like, I know. I don't remember any yeah. of their names except for like Kim and it ain't Kim. But I just uh, I mainly know Courtney now because she's married to Travis Barker. Oh, my God. And that's a whole fucking thing. Spill that tea, sis. Uh, anyway, that's a whole fucking thing. Whatever. Um, I love our tangents. <laughs> is OJ. it my turn? Uh, it is. But do you want to pause for like, Wait. yeah, let's take a quick five and we'll okay. be right back. All right, so we took a little bit of a break, but also like we were making comments about friends earlier on and we just took like a small break and found out that Matthew Perry's dead. Yeah, that's wild. That's so so fucking sad. Um I'm not a friend stan, but yeah, that's that's sad. Uh no, he's incredibly talented. That's very unfortunate. What a weird yeah. No, that's fuck that's sad. I uh oh, happy Halloween everyone. No, <laughs> Yeah, no, not to, not like yeah, not to bring the mood down, but I also not sure. I know you're a big wrestling fan, but I don't know yeah. if you dived into like the dark side of the ring. Uh, I I see some of them. I yeah, yeah, you probably knew about that stuff. Like it's good for people like me who you know are kind of removed from that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a great series. But I watched the dark side of comedy about Robin Williams today. It's like fuck, man. Yeah, not to bring the the mood down in the middle of the episode, but fuck, that's so sad. Because I know Matthew Perry has struggled, but it sounds like it was a heart attack. Yeah, no, that's what it sounds like. So I, I think we're I we're think... not going to know. No, it's um, when they they brought that up in like the Robin Williams thing, where everyone was like immediately going to his past with drugs. 
like yeah. as soon as he died and it's like it wasn't even that uh, yeah, so it's like, all speculation but fuck like we're all gonna die eventually it's not like you know when keith richards dies i'm not gonna be like oh yeah it was the drugs it's like fuck that guy's just dude eternal the fact that keith richards i straight up i thought about that while i was watching the rob williams thing where i'm like it's an unbelievable that there are people like tommy lee and keith richards out there who are like outliving people like robin williams and matthew yeah. perry okay uh yeah rest in peace that that's very tragic uh happy halloween not not trying to make light of it just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. like that's some pretty yeah. heavy news um, that's our way to get back on schedule happy halloween yeah anyway okay, let's, let's get back to it so boozy do you want to hit us with something you've seen recently yeah this um so this is a first time watch and it's a it's a shameful first time watch that it took me so long uh, and this is a Canadian classic. I watched uh, The Changeling. It's on my list. I saw that you watched it and uh, I was very excited to see that you clearly liked it because I know that you always share screenshots of films yeah, that you yeah. like. Yeah, I watched this one again recently. I just got the uh, Severin Blu-ray of it. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know why I've never bothered to watch this. It's really fucking good. I understand why this is a cult classic. Yeah, it's it's one of the best ghost stories ever made. And what yeah, what a fantastic film and a terrifying ghost story. I I really I really liked I don't know how much I want to talk about because it, it is like a, a classic and it's from the 80s and we're not going to like go through the whole story. I think people should genuinely go check this out, but uh even for a 1980 film like it holds up so well and it it is genuinely terrifying and i think a lot of it comes down to like how we talk about another canadian classic black christmas where mm -hmm. the location makes it so much more terrifying and to have that kind of like voyeuristic pov where you you don't know if you're you know like you're haunting these people or stalking them sometimes or where you are in in these characters lives and then going back to them and it's it's trying to figure out what is going on in the overall world but yeah, yeah. this was a fantastic one um this is also on tubi uh tubi has a wealth of riches um please uh sponsor so go to streaming TV. service yeah please sponsor our podcast the the tubi i would do that the tubi cast and then all i do is watch I've watched things that aren't horror on Tubi all the time. We like, we've talked about it many times on this show. Like it's been like at this point now, it's been several years that we've yes. been singing the praises of Tubi. Remember when Kyle was like rejecting Tubi? What did we do before Tubi? Who brought like it must have been I brought you Tubi. who brought it was okay. Me. Yeah, yeah, I found like, Tubi first. When was this? Like how long ago is this? I, I feel like I, it was like 2018. I don't want to live in a world without Tubi anymore. No, it's it's goaded. Um, but yeah, that's cool that the Changeling is on there. I got the Severin Blu-ray, so it's like I just also got my first 4K TV like semi recently. And Ooh, even though it wasn't, a, yeah, even though I still don't have a 4K player, that you know my horror cred out the window now. Yeah. Um, but it's expensive. I don't have money. Uh, you just gotta jack somebody for a PS5. Yeah. Well, that's what I plan on getting a PS5, but like you know, I don't play video games anymore. I don't have time, so like I. <laughs> gonna wait till it like drops in price but the even watching blu-rays on a 4k tv is like a whole new experience like they look so fucking good i know because the best i've ever seen movies look is at jesse sawitzky's house when we were yes. getting ready to do the the druid's hand we were watching like all these movies in 4k with his sound system it's just fucking insane but the changeling that transfer looks so fucking good i think this is a movie that's nearly entirely based on story and atmosphere uh -huh. so it's one of those like 
kind of slower burns, but if you like ghost stories, this is one of the best there is. Uh, George C. Scott fucking rules as always. And I think this movie has the best seance scene in film history. And you know what? I'm not even going to like really argue with you on that. I think that very much has a, has a good claim for that spot. That's a tr- like, I feel fucking... like it paved the way. Like you can watch movies like hereditary. That seance scene is amazing in that movie, but you can see the influence from the changeling in all of the best seance scenes in modern horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like it's like it's a classic. It's the first of its kind, and it executes like a ghost story in a way that you can't find in any other movies. Like it's it's one of my favorite ghost movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So so and, happy to see that you watched it. And it what a cool ass wheelchair. I wonder where that wheelchair is now. You ever just think about props? Like where are they now? All the time. It's all yeah, time. like when like that when people found Bruce again, where it's like I wonder where the wheelchair went. <laughs> yeah, no, that or the red ball. Yeah, dude, that that like the drowning scene in the bathtub is so fucking vicious. It is, it is wise, and for like 1980, like they yeah. held children to a different esteem back then. Oh. You couldn't, you could like drown them a little bit, but that was too much. No, it was so savage. That's why I'm like, you know, obviously I don't wish death upon children in real life, but like I always have so much more respect for a movie that goes there. Yeah, and that's why I think another layer as to why I loved Evil Dead Rise so much is like they really fucking annihilate those kids. Well, and that's that's kind of like we grew up with a lot of the the horror that we were subjected to. Uh, you you were kind of insulated, like you knew that the kids were they were in danger, but they were always going to make it out. Where it's yeah. like now you're seeing a lot more like real visceral stuff. Where you, oh. if if a kid's dying, especially like right at the start of the movie, you know you're in for a bloodbath because they don't give two fucks. Yeah, or even worse when there's movies like you know that I know we like depressing core movies. Like mm-hmm. uh, Funny Games comes to mind. Like when yeah. they have the guts to pull something off in like a hyper realistic setting, it makes it so much more like visceral and intense. Yep. House the Jack built. Oh man, I've been referencing that movie a lot recently. Have you seen <laughs> Jason's Jason's cut of the trailer of House yes, of Jack Built? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone out there, you should be following Mustard Wrangler on Instagram. That's our friend Jason. He's been on the show multiple times. He's the editor on Druid's Hand. He's the editor on Abhorrent. Yes, Who's he is. Short. Yeah, he's going to be the editor on everything that I ever work on if I ever have a say in it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I feel the he, same way. He makes the funniest shit ever. And you should be following him on Instagram because his meme are, lord, dude, his uh, the pianist one is my favorite <laughs> where he starts playing Stel Dre. Funnily <laughs> enough, he's coming over here right after we wrap up tonight. He's yeah, he's one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. But uh, people underestimate how brilliant that guy is. But Mustard Wrangler on Instagram, you're going to get some of the funniest edits. He did a Hallmark version of the house that Jack built. That's what we're yes, getting at. That was so I good. fucking love that. Uh, let's get back to the yeah. task at hand, though. I think it's your turn, is it not? Yeah, I think. Okay, so the next two I'm going to talk about, I only have like four more left, and we don't even need to go through all of those. Uh, we've talked about a lot today. But two I want to talk about are movies that we'll be playing at the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival. Fuck yeah. So before I talk about them, can you give our listeners an update? Plug it again. Let people know when it's happening. Uh, cause you guys have the biggest lineup you've ever had. The movies I'm about to talk about are two of the best movies I've seen this year. Boozy, when is the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival happening? Uh, so it is kicking off Friday, November 17th, and it, it will be finishing off 
I believe it's a Sunday or on a Saturday, on Saturday, November 25th. So that is a huge lineup of films. We're uh, finishing off with the People's Joker. But anyway, continue it. It's going for a full week. Yep. That's awesome. No, and, you know, I reached out to the whole gang after listening to that episode that you posted last week. And I fuck it kills me. This is the second year that I'm going to miss and it doesn't get any easier. Uh, but that's we why. Miss, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. But normally I would wait to watch the movies that have been released that are still programmed at the festival because it's always great to see them in that environment at the Broadway theater, the best theater on the planet. Uh, but Big uh, which one do I? Okay. I'm going to. It's tough because I'm like, which one do I go with first? I'm going to talk about the Royal Hotel. So you haven't seen this one yet, hey? No, I, I have actually purposely stayed away from this entire lineup so I can go in fresh as a daisy. Yeah. So this is one I have no idea if this is going to be really your jam, but it is it's written and directed by Kitty Green, who uh, recently brought us The Assistant, which was the movie. Did you ever see that one? The Assistant? It's with Julia Garner, and it's essentially about her working for Harvey Weinstein. It's a very oh. tough watch, but it's it's no, a good movie. I, I love Julia Garner. Oh, dude. And she is the star in this movie as well. This one stars Julia Garner and Jessica Henwick. Uh, the story is two traveling Canadians take a job at a remote pub slash hotel in the Australian outback, and they experience uncomfortable situations with the unsavory locals that become increasingly more disturbing. So, so I, I this sounds like honestly we're we're firing warning shots at Australia. We're actually this is like an Australia diss track. A yeah. couple of Canadians come in there and we're like, what the fuck are these guys up to? So yeah. Australia, you're on you're on notice. <laughs> and I know, fire. yeah, you know this, but like uh, I've become like even closer than ever with Cody Charleston, our homie yeah. from Australia. You guys are gonna morph when you guys meet. You're gonna yeah. become like the thing and just morph he's become like one of my closest friends. Like we hop on zoom calls on Sundays and it's like mm -hmm. Monday morning for him, but uh, we just hang out. He's one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. Just a great person. Uh, but I've always said that I love Australian films and mm -hmm. this isn't necessarily a horror film, but it's definitely a thriller. I just wanted mm -hmm. to mention it on the show because it is easily one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Um, if you really liked what Kitty did with The Assistant, I think you're going to admire this film as well. I think this movie is a cut above The Assistant, which I really liked. It's like increasingly uncomfortable, but it's because it's super hyper realistic scenarios. Right. And I just felt so bad for the characters. It never really goes in the direction that you think it's going to go. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another reason why I loved it so much. There's so many moments. There's multiple moments where you feel like, all right. We're about to see something really fucking brutal, and I don't necessarily want to see this. And it goes in like a different direction. I feel like Kitty knew exactly what conversations she wanted to open up with this film, and I think she absolutely nailed it. Um, like I said, it's a very slow burn movie, so I can understand why it doesn't work or isn't as satisfying for a lot of people. I felt catharsis by the end of this movie. It fucking rocked me. Like, I thought it was yeah. so, so good. And uh, I I couldn't recommend it more, but it is one of those movies like, you know, an Eden Lake or Funny Games. It's a miserable experience. Right. But fuck, is it masterful, man? It is. So if you is... weren't sold on, on it before when we were talking about it on the last episode, Mitch is doubling down to say that you got to come up to check it out. Yeah, I think so. And it's it's one of those movies like I rented it. You can rent it right now on streaming. But if you're in Saskatoon, you should go and see it at the festival. Mm -hmm. It's also playing at most Cineplexes, I think. 
Um, I know, but that's the thing is like that's happened every year that I was involved with the festival. There's always a couple of movies that have played or have already been out and you just yeah. you need to see it with that audience. Yeah, you need to see it with the homies. There's no better audience than the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival audience. But yeah, I I fucking love this movie. I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Honestly, like I saw it right before I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. I was like, mm-hmm. well, that was the heaviest day of my life. <laughs> little did you know <laughs> yeah but it's it's fucking great i highly recommend it boozy hit us with another one okay i'm gonna be very fast about this one um just because it was more of an event but i just want to give a shout out and we've been talking about the broadway theater so on friday the 13th we had uh, a triple bill to celebrate so we had uh friday the 13th part three in 3d which that's the second time i've been to the broadway and done that always a great time well, they did uh, at the Roxy the last time because I was with you. It was me, you, and Diego. Oh, was that the that was the Roxy? Yeah. Never mind. So this is the first time Broadway did it better. Uh, yeah, anyway, it was always better. It was awesome. That's the that's the way to watch part three. I don't want to watch it at home. I want to be in a crowd with other people watching it in 3D, having a good time. So we watched that, and then after that, we had Drunken Cinema, which is always a great time. So we had Drunken Cinema for uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Perfect. Which what a wild crowd like we've had some wild crowds that was the biggest attendance we've ever had for it and people were just losing it it was a it was a really good time those are the kind of experiences you want to you want to have and i you know like come check these out when they're around because they're a lot of fun and then the other one i'll mention is that i i haven't seen this movie in so long so i just kind of want to tally on talking about this one i'm not going to talk about the other two is the last movie we uh, the last movie that was put on was uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. I can't wait to hear this. So I've seen this movie before, and it just feels like I sponged it from my memory because watching it again, it is so bizarre. And it's something that I want to talk. We, we've mentioned this a while ago uh, in one of our previous episodes about how we really like films that basically just take the name of something like a franchise but then do their own thing which is i, I feel like so... we always hate that no we've, we've talked about like the one-off weird ones that we enjoy we've talked about this before yeah i guess suspiria falls in that yeah you know we've talked about like liking random installments of like the amityville series yeah or, okay like, the exorcist like yeah. stuff like that so this this is another one where it feels like it it's not it doesn't feel like a friday the 13th movie at all it just feels very much like these kind of films, which I really, really love, are these weird, monster, gooey, alien things that like the the 80s and 90s had. Because this is what this is. Like this is about Jason basically being a slug and invading people's body. You don't see a lot of him. Like a lot of times you see him, he's in the mirror to, you know, because the idea is that he he becomes a bit, but uh not overall not not one of the more fantastic friday the 13th but i think that just for the practical you liked it yeah i did actually um the practical effects are fantastic for this these are the kind of things i like and i will say the other thing which i i never really appreciated until watching it this time is some of the homages they had to like uh halloween they had a cool one to the thing and they also had a cool terminator uh like their own homage to it which in jason goes to hell yeah in jason goes to hell 
maybe I need like that's I need to watch it again. Right? You know how much I love that franchise. That's yeah. like bottom two for me. I fucking hate that movie. No, and I, and it's not fantastic. Like I'm saying, there these are like the highlights for me, or, or homages to other yeah. films and the practical effects. Otherwise, I think it's a dog shit story. <laughs> it's a it's a dumb idea, it's a mess. And, and it yeah, it really like Jason literally gets killed off by like a playground toy, and then monsters ripping him into the ground. It's just it's more like remember that like started off the tie-in with the the freddy versus jason way back yep. then and and the ash and, and the evil dead stuff because they have the the necronomicon and the necronomicons in the in the mm-hmm. film as well so like yeah it's like all the tie-in stuff so it's like you'll you won't see films like this this feels like a, a one-off one where it was planting seeds for like future avengers do you know what i mean yeah. like it and then it took I don't 10 know. years to get freddy versus jason yeah it's just it's it's bizarre i will say that like like uh stephen williams who plays like the like the hunter he plays creighton duke this like exaggerated stephen king hunter-esque guy he has some really cool shit in this but it feels like he's in a different movie compared to everybody else it's just just watching this is just bizarre so like yeah so the best the best parts of this are the effects and i'll watch this other stuff but whatever if if someone's interested in watching this one it's a Friday the thirteenth. It's Halloween yeah. related. It's October. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like you, if you're a Friday fan, like unless you're up your own ass and are delusional, you know what this franchise is. Like yeah. you don't go into it for quality. Like it's they, these yeah. movies are what they are. Um, but I think Jason Goes to Hell is the one that I've seen the least out of all of them, and that might like I think I need to watch it again on its own mm-hmm. uh, because I always watch them in order. And yeah, by the time I get there, it's like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun to watch them out of order to take them in just yeah. as the individual. Like, what are you because at the end of the day, it's like, what are you adding or delivering to this franchise? Totally. Because they keep they keep retconning and, and changing, trying to oh. figure out new ways to bring them yeah. back or whatever. I, I will say, though, the, it is kind of a, a shitty disservice that like the, the actual Jason, the like Kane Hodder does a fantastic job, but also yeah. the design itself. It is cool. It's, it's super cool. And it just seems like such a disservice that like 90% of it, you're seeing it in shadows or it's in the mirror reflection. So that's, yeah. that's what I'll say about that. That ended up being a little bit longer and I wanted to be on that. But anyway, no, continue. I, I love it, man. Like, you know, I, I fucking love that franchise and uh warts and all like, it's like Fre- Freddy, but Jason goes to hell and Friday the 13th part five and new beginning are the only ones I'm like, I have a tough time stomaching. Is the new beginning where the one where the guy sticks the rod into his grave and then he gets electric? No, that's six. That dude, I love Jason Lives. Like I love that movie. But five was the one where it's not Jason. Like it's a yeah, or it's one of the ones where it's right. It's the the copycat or whatever. Yeah. No, it's just it's rough. I for I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's another thing where it's like, why did we need that added to the franchise? But whatever, it's it's fun watching these in retrospect and not taking them too seriously. Where it's just like, okay, what can we do with Jason? This is cool. Yeah, and we've talked about it a lot on the show. Like even back when Diego was on the show, like Freddy versus Jason is one of his favorite movies, and I love that about him because it's like that's such a wild millennial pick we are definitely not young anymore we are in our 30s so mm-hmm. like you know when we first started the show it was like oh you young kids like freddie versus jason like yeah. to, be, to be a kid again it's just like yeah no we are no longer young and uh that whole debate doesn't hold up 
anymore. Yeah. Uh, but Freddy vs. Jason came out at a perfect time for like our age demographic. Like I fucking love that movie and I know it's not great, but it's great to me. Yes. And yeah. even and I that, told you, like I saw it at the Rio and like the crowd was just fucking wild. It was so much fun. Uh, but then when we walked out, like a couple of my friends who had never seen it were like, that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, you missed the entire point. If like, if you legitimately think that's one of the worst movies you've ever seen, yeah. you haven't seen many bad movies. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I try and I, I know I can, I'll probably stick my foot in my mouth a million times for this, but I try not to speak in definitives about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, unless I really mean it, I don't want to say this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Cause it's like, it's really gotta be out of its way. Like I have to go out of my way to shit on something. It really has to go out of its way to suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. And like I said, you go into Jason movies with like, you should have a bit of a different standard walking mm-hmm. into these movies. Um, but especially like, that's why, you know, they're so popular with us horror fans is we are conditioned to like movies for what they are. And like, we know what Friday is. Uh, but I am th- like, I'm honestly interested in watching go- Jason goes to hell again for the first time in my life, because knowing that you took something away from it, because yeah. man, that's like the only one that I just like, I've always had such a tough time with it. Did- Dude, you gotta like. I think just just watching it again, you'll be like, "Oh, this is what they were trying to do for this." But like overall, yeah, not a great. I do think that it's really cool that we get to see an autopsy of Jason. Very interesting. Yeah. And you see um, Ken Hodder like play a human as well. Yes, yes. Um, I have a bunch more, but do you think I should maybe like? No, let, let's. Yeah. Uh, I think I have like three or four more. Okay, you want to like each do three more? Sure. Okay. Uh, I have more to talk about here, but I said that I was going to talk about a couple that are playing at Saskatoon Fantastic. Um, This one came out on Shudder yesterday, and it is When Evil Lurks. Dude, I like everyone I talk to about this, I I say the same thing is I've heard nothing, but like that is one of the most fucked things you'll see this year, and it's amazing. I like, I cannot wait. Dude, this movie is so fucking good. Like yeah. this movie rips. I expected so, you to so this. fucking hard. Like my jaw was dropping while I was watching it. And like, so it's the director who did uh, Terrified, which you know picked up a lot of acclaim and esteem on Shutter. Um, which I really like Terrified, but this movie is on a whole other level. Uh, so this one is playing the Saskatoon Fantastic, but it's the story is in a remote village. Two brothers find a demon infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the man, but merely succeed in spreading the chaos. This movie is fucking insane. And I so badly wish I could see it with a crowd. Um, So, you know, in my review here, I want to say if you are in Saskatoon, save this one for the Broadway at the festival. Because holy shit, this one is going to be a showstopper. Like this is easily one of the best horror movies of the year. It is so fucking gnarly, dude. Like it's just... It earns everything that it's going for. It's not like, you you know me, I like crazy gore, yep. but for the most part, I kind of need it to serve some kind of purpose. This movie isn't that. Like, it's, it's really clever. It's very smart, very well acted. The effects are fucking insane. Some of the imagery I am going to be thinking about while I'm going to sleep tonight. <laughs> like, it's it had a pretty yeah. profound impact on me, man. Like, I this is easily one of the best horror movies I've seen recently. That makes me more excited because uh, I was kind of waiting to hear what your what your. I think you're going to dig this in. one. 
Oh, like I, I, it feels like I watched they not that I wanted to. They forced it upon me when I went to see one of the Friday movies. They played the trailer for it. Yeah, I was trying to avoid it. But like, oh, my God, it is awesome. man. like, I will straight up say, I don't think you're going to really love the Royal Hotel. You mm-hmm. are going to love when evil lurks. I also can't wait for sleep. If you haven't seen sleep, put that one on. I haven't. I've heard about uh, the coffee table is the other one that I've heard wild things about. Yeah, I'm kind of scared to watch that, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited for it. But yeah, no, I'm not going to say much about when evil lurks because it's one of those movies that you just need to you need to experience yourself. But if you're listening, you know, and you're in other parts of North America or, uh, you know, overseas, it's on Shudder. Give it a watch. Mm -hmm. This movie Mm -hmm. fucking rules. It's going to be one of the ones of the year. One of the it's metal ones. as hell, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's top three. Easy. <laughs> it's easy. it's Slayer guitar solo. Like this is a movie. It's clearly like it's better than Cobweb. But mm-hmm. I just like Cobweb is so like my niche. That's on brand. Yeah. Yeah. It's one. Of, yeah. But OK. What else you got, Boozy? OK. I I have surprised with how many ones I've seen from this year that I didn't realize. And this is one I will say I just I looked it up for the sake of this and it's not getting great reviews but I thought it was very good uh this is Pet Cemetery Bloodlines so this is the the prequel to the uh the other most recent Pet Cemetery films um and this one centers more on a group of kids it's like a young Judd and kind of what leads up to uh him kind of being the caretaker of the Pet Cemetery as it were uh this is really good. I honestly, I I really enjoyed this. I think this gave me a lot of what I wanted from the f- first, the initial Pet Cemetery. Uh, like not even down to like imagery, but like the extra storyline we got. It's just overall, I I'm surprised with with uh, just how how awesome this is. And there's there's a really cool stuff at the end involving like tunnels and stuff. Like I think you're really gonna like it. Kind of reminded me of like 2016 Blair Witch. Like I've I seen think, it. Uh, oh, you've seen this? Yeah. Did you talk about it? I can't remember. No, no, because I only saw it. Only came out recently. I wasn't yes. crazy about it though. Um, no. I'm so happy that you loved it though. You're the first person on earth that I've heard who has liked this movie, and that's something I love about you. Uh, I will say uh, I do have one other person that agreed with me on this. Is uh, uh, FX genius Aaron Savage also really liked this film? Oh, so I will stuff. say that's one other person that did. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. No. I. I just. I. I loved a lot of the imagery. I loved how deep they went into the lore and doing like uh, some of the like settler stuff. Like I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is all the imagery I really wanted from this franchise, and just. Yeah, um, I, I know that it, it hasn't gotten great reviews. And um, David Duchovny was such a weird shoveled in character to yeah. this. But I love uh, him. I love him, too. But yeah, he felt very like kind of out of place. He was he was like, we got to add this guy to the title to get more yeah. people to come watch it. I always but, love seeing Henry Thomas, though, too. And yes, he's, yes, yeah, he did good. a fantastic job. But uh, yeah, I, I guess that's a, a mixed opinion for a lot of people. But I thought this was really good. This is more of what I want from this franchise. Nice. Yeah, no, I love like when I saw you posting that pick, I was like, I love that you're coming to the rescue for this movie that people are beating up on super hard. Like, I didn't think it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I just like it didn't really move the needle for me. Yeah. And and I don't I know that I, I always come across as like a contrarian, but I honestly I don't like I don't know that these are getting shitty reviews until we're like talking about it. And it's like, 
oh, because I'm always, you know, I like look up the yeah. images or whatever to jog my memory. And it's like, oh, I didn't realize people like didn't like this a lot. Yeah. No, I just love that. Like, I know what you look for in stories. And mm-hmm. like, that's what makes me excited to see what you are going to create. Like, you know exactly what you like and what doesn't really matter to you. And like mm-hmm. to the general populace, people like, you know, some people actually feel that way. Some people pretend that they think they know more about story than they do. Mm-hmm. But then you, you're like, just show me the fucking creature. Show me the crabs. Yeah, I, exactly. On. I, I'm, like, I'm I'm very dumb. I just like, like click rocks together. Like That's I, what I want. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't um, use the word dumb, but I, I just I like that you know what you like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like um, I figure it out pretty fast, or I try to. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got next? Uh, okay, so I think I got two more. I'll quickly knock off Dark Harvest. Dark Harvest. Oh my God, boozy! So this here's something a... I haven't heard. Dark Harvest, and this is such a boozy movie. What is this? So Dark Harvest was directed by David Slade, who did Thirty Days of Night, Hard Candy, and Twilight Eclipse. Uh, no, which, actually, which is also on Tubi. I was it? I was actually gonna watch. Yeah, all the Twilights are on Tubi. I was gonna start watching one today. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I have rewatched those movies recently, and I have some fun with them. Like, yeah, it's another one of those things where it's like, watch it for what it is. Like, we are grown yeah. men. Of course, this isn't made for us. Like, I actually hate when grown men bitch about Twilight and like, oh, Robert Pattinson's not my Batman. It's like, do you realize what the fuck just came out of your mouth? Yeah, like you're, you're you know who about... came... <laughs> like Robert Pattinson took a paycheck and doesn't give two fucks. He's having the time of his life doing everything he wanted. And you're still held up that like yeah. they used him as a centerpiece in this. And, like whatever. And, and Batman's one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. But it's like it is Batman. Do you realize that you're putting up a fuss yeah. about this fucking guy playing and then he crushed it like he's he's great in the role i don't i didn't see any that much discourse when ben affleck nobody was like the oh, guy that was from savage. doing Dude, that one when ben affleck was cast that was savage so dark harvest this is a 2023 movie that is now streaming on amazon directed by david slade i know both of us really like uh 30 days of night not yes, sure how you feel yes. about hard candy but i also love that movie um, I actually don't think I've seen her candy. That's such you would love that movie, dude. You got to put that on your list. It's a great okay, adding to my letterbox. Yeah, this one, it's based on the novel of the same name by Norman Partridge. And the story is in a small Midwestern town, a deadly annual ritual unfolds when the mythical nightmare Sawtooth Jack rises from the cornfields and challenges <laughs> the town's teenage boys in a battle of survival. This I'm Sawtooth a... Jack. Where are the boys at? Susie, <laughs> this is like it's one of those ones where oh. I want to know. I think, like, clearly, this is it's a movie made for people like you and me who love right. these like creature features, right? But it is a pumpkin head monster. Love it. It's like a legit pumpkin head monster. Okay. Yep. It's the, you know, like the classic, even though this, uh, the original source material came out way before the purge, but it's yeah. one of those ones where it's like one night a year you have to defeat this guy and then goes back and arrest. Oh, so people are going to instantly lump it in on that yeah but it's like you know it, that's just a story device um yeah. but yeah david slade's signature style definitely bleeds into this movie you can tell that this was made by the guy who made 30 days of night like the sped up frame rates and the chaotic camera Ooh. movements characters is, is the gore over the top 100 this Love movie that. it is goofy and it takes itself very seriously but i think this one's kind of a safe bet for you 
okay. it's just like it's a fun the autumnal Halloween atmosphere and spirit is through the roof on this thing. It is a little corny, but I feel like you should expect that from a movie like this. Honestly, um, everybody, I, I'm just I, as you're talking, I, I like to add these to my letterbox so I don't forget. And like everybody who's rated this on here is actually rated it like three and a half or higher. So I think, yeah, that, you know, and fun. these are all people I, I trust on this, including yourself. So I'm going to add this to the watch list. Ooh, wait. David, what the hell's a... David Slade been up to all these fucking years? Like, uh, I'm sure after 30 days a night, people are like, this dude's going to be the next horror guy. Yeah, I think he is one of those guys that was like attached to some pretty big stuff. And then it just all started falling through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like he's directed episodes of Breaking Bad, Hannibal, um, American Gods, Black Mirror. He's like the dude is incredibly talented. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's not to to take anything away from it. It's just so we, we always look back at these directors where it's like when they first put out, I mean, especially for us, because we were so young at the time, but the, the, these kind of films and these directors and being like, oh, man, these guys are going to impact like, you know, everything I watch. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, oh, I wonder what genre they end up going into that isn't horror. Totally. Yeah, no, I think Dark Harvest is worth a watch, especially if you're looking for something that has a Halloween atmosphere. It's it's worth a look. And it's on okay. Amazon Prime. Oh, it's it's primed up. Yeah, it's primed up. I got one more. Yeah, I got one more. So do you want to hit me with another one? Sure. I have. Sorry, you're going to have to bear with me. I have one, two, three, four, five left, if that's cool. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just going to move something. But sure. keep going. Yeah. Um, so the next one I checked out the reason I checked out most of all is because it contains one of I'm I'm gonna speak for you and say probably also your favorite like new actor but one of mine uh is Kyle Gallner so this is Mother May I from 2023 have you seen this have you seen this Mitch I have not no all right so this is I'll, I'll just read you the imdb of this when anya starts behaving like her fiance's recently deceased mother Emmett must confront his deepest trauma to to free his fiance from this bewildering possession so this is a it's possession movie but more than that it's a trauma movie and it's very emotional but yeah it's it's basically this guy's girlfriend uh is possessed by his dead mother and uh, his mother abandoned him when he was younger. So it's dealing with all the trauma and that and like knowing her as a person. It, it it has so many levels. It starts out very much as like a more of a horror film, but it by the end, it's it's very much more of a drama. Um, I I like this this film a ton. I wish that it had gone more in a possession because there is so much like this. This idea is such a cool concept. They could have really went with a really some a really twisted story about uh, a possession by somebody's deceased mother, but it's, it becomes very much more of a, more of a a thriller kind of suspense film that way. And, and just a psychological. So, but still a very fantastic film. I think people should definitely check this one out and just, yeah, the, the subject matter and some of the situations as I'm sure you can just think about of how this film works is yeah, it, it, uh, it's it's a lot you i definitely recommend it though nice this is one i think i might have missed that part but it's uh starring horror sweetheart kyle gollner yeah nice i love i i don't know i i was i said like i said i was i was speaking for you but like i'm a huge kyle gollner stan i feel like we watch a lot of the or like a lot of the same characters 
have you seen this was one that's on my list but also like uh, one of my last ones was the passenger have you heard about this one yet that's on my list because of yeah he's on there yeah i, I heard it's it's amazing yeah it's a blumhouse movie it was directed by carter smith written by jack stanley but it's another kyle gallner flick and uh it's like you watch a man who's like dragged he's dragged along on his co-workers killing spree and is forced to confront yeah. his dark past and who and the other guy is really good too i like the other lead I can't remember if I've seen him in other stuff, but all I know is the movie is really solid. It's a really tight little indie that I recommend. Okay. Um, I'm just going to knock out two really quick yep. and then, cause you got to go. Yeah. Uh, so the one first one I'll mention, this is uh, something that has not, was not on my radar at all. I'd never heard about this, but it is the most my shit ever. And I ate it up. Uh, if you go on Tubi, there is a TV series called Monsters from 1988. It had three seasons, and it's just a ton of up-and-coming at the time or industry vet directors in horror and sci-fi doing these little 30-second... Uh, so I think it actually might have been an hour each. No, sorry, yeah, they're 42 minutes long, um, but these their own little mini-episodes. Each each would start with uh, this fucked up family of creatures being like our favorite show monsters is on and then it would just go right into the most bizarre shit you've ever seen so the first season is on uh tubi check it out if you're into that tons of practical effects and uh, yeah it was just yeah. it's a really cool fun series i i ate, ate it up i added that one because like when you sign up for tubi you can have your own list and everything and mm -hmm. i added that after you told me about it yeah so I'm there's like one. there are like any anthology thing they're hit and miss but they're like some of the really good ones are really cool and the last one i want to mention i watched this with a uh, homie aaron savas as well and this is an older film i've talked about it before but it's just grown so much more for me is uh, i watched 1986's the hitcher again i know this I is a cult film but yeah it's just it is gross. It's disgusting. And it's violent. It's and just the atmosphere it brings. I, I think that there are a few films that are they're like this in terms of like this unstoppable force where it's just like he it, it, he literally is like the Terminator without being the Terminator. Yeah. And he's it, just so sadistic. Oh, yeah. And, and I also just want to give a quick shout out also to the 2007 version with Sean Bean, because that is also surprisingly really good. I remember when it came out, I really liked it. Like I was 17 at the time. I haven't seen it since, but I've seen like the original Hitcher multiple times now. And I actually yeah. read the script this year. Oh, really? Like, the script I, for I that think I'd really be sold. interested in that. Yeah. Like I, I want to check out. Uh, and this speaks to me liking it more is like I want to check out like all the special features because I just watched. This was another one that's on Tubi. So, yeah, no. Awesome. And yeah, if anyone out there is listening who has like interest in filmmaking or reading scripts, I use script slug dot com yes you got you me out get, of that it's awesome and the hitcher script is on there sometimes with those like older ones that like scans of the script are kind of like faded and tough to read yeah um but the hitcher script is just so compelling all the way through and Rutger Hauer is just like a true menace like that's one of the most underrated horror movies I think maybe ever yes and and uh, like the, the having just watched it again and, and getting to kind of feel that energy from it 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 does have that like that black Christmas nest to it where it's like the just the overall like the energy that from the film and the setting yeah. is its own like terrifying it's just existence. unsettling. Yes. Yeah. No, the yeah, everything is allowed to breathe in that movie. It's so good. Uh, if you can save that one for me.
Yes, I will. That's like one where I'm like, I'm ex- the, I think we'll close up here. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to hear what you get, what you come up with over the next couple of months. Um, yeah, I look forward to picking up where we left I, off in the new year. You know, especially like I, I missed doing it before and I said I was going to miss you doing this. But yeah, just do another episode and getting to do this. It's like, yeah, it's no, this was fun. It was it, needed. Yeah, no, it was it was much needed. It was great. I'm going to miss it. Um, And I'm going to try my best to, uh, you know, uphold the integrity of the terror table with all yeah. of our extent. This is a new version of Guest Fest. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally is. I never thought I'd see the day where. You know, I was stepping away, but I appreciate that you understand. And yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, like if listeners know, maybe you've been keeping up with the show for this many years, you know how much the show means to me. And uh, so me stepping back for a little bit is nothing other than me trying to maintain and manage my capabilities with my time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, the show is always going to like we're fucking we've been doing this seven years our, our how our frequency has changed so much but i still enjoy, enjoy doing it so yeah uh yeah yeah thanks for listening everyone and it was great hanging out with you boozy and i yeah, look forward to seeing you. what else you got going on in the next couple of months i'm really excited i know some of the guests that are coming up and it's gonna be fun so thanks for listening to another episode of the terror table check us out on instagram facebook and twitter mm-hmm. interact with us on instagram that's the the best place to get a hold of us but uh Hope everyone had an amazing Halloween and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.